Andrew and C in Waterloo. Let's hear what God's been doing, some of the lessons they've been learning. Tell us more, Andrew. I don't know where C is, so if anyone sees her. Oh, she's in the foyer. Um, yeah, we've been in, in uh, Waterloo in central London, started September 2014. And we had nine adults that we took with us from our sending church, which was across the river. And uh, a couple, almost two years in now. And uh, we've, we're gathering about 70 to 80 people now. And um, apart from one person, nearly everyone in the church is younger than me. I'm 33. Um, although my parents have just joined, which is a whole story in itself, but they'll be here Saturday, so you can meet them if you want to. Um, so just to give you a quick idea of what it's like in central London, part of the reason why it's such a young church is because of the massive turnaround, as uh, we've just been hearing the same in Dar es Salaam, the transiency of the city. Um, we expect, in, as years go on, to lose a third of our church every year, and we're losing about a quarter this year. Um, so it, that's kind of to do with, you know, the expense of what it's like living in a city like ours. A studio flat can cost you half a million pounds easily. Um, so young people come in, they rent a room for a while, and then as soon as they get married and want to have kids, they move out of London. So this is a, just to give you a bit of context. So when, you know, even finding a venue is challenging. So when Greg talks about having, uh, only being able to go to 600 in his venue, I'm just like, poor Greg, poor, <laughs> poor Greg. <laughs> you know, spare a thought for us, you know. So... Let me give you uh, some of the lessons. I don't really want to use the word learnings because I actually don't think that's a word. Um, you know, <laughs> sorry, Ryan. <laughs> we give you the English language and this is what you do to it. So. <laughs> some lessons, some quick lessons. Um, yeah. <laughs> First of all, Planting is really rewarding, is the first thing I would say. Um, we, uh, just to give you a couple of little cameos, like there's been a couple of guys who've been part of it. One guy, Jeremy, who um, joined us a year ago, and he's now part of my leadership team. And he's, he, he got saved five years ago from a homosexual background, and God's really transformed. He got married last summer. And he's also feeling a call to church planting. And in the time that he's been with us, his passion for the church has just rocketed so that w this autumn we're going to fly out to Israel, hopefully, because he's part Jewish and he wants to plant in Israel. And so it could be, um, we're, we're just doing a fat-finding sort of trip to begin with. Another guy, Brandon, um, had been not going to church for two years, and I met up with him and said, Brandon, I'd love you to come and be part of Grace. And in the time that he's been with us, he was training to be an actor, and he's just arrived at the end of his degree, and he's decided to to pack it all in because he wants to go into ministry. And so he's, unfortunately, he can't stay with us. He's moving out of town, but he is, he's starting a training course to become a minister. And that stuff just, like, gives me so much passion. He led his buddy to Christ talking late into the night about Jesus every night, and he's going to be the first guy we baptize next month. So planting is rewarding. Um, we... We have found it difficult seeing people come to faith, and again, poor Greg, only handfuls of people coming to faith in his church. We are, we're not quite there with the handfuls, but you know, we're working on it. So first thing, planting. Secondly, um, I say it's easy to, do, to plant a church without doing evangelism, and uh, I'm not saying that to 
to say that's a good thing. I just think you should be aware of it. I think it's possible to plant a church and not be evangelistic and not be consciously evangelistic. And partly with people moving in and out of London, you can just grow through transfer and people joining us. And largely that's what's happened for us. And I'm not saying that God's not working in that, and I think he absolutely is. But for us, we have to be very conscious how are we going to deliberately be reaching our city because otherwise I can just sit back and, and uh, not do it. So I think it's just something you've got to keep in mind. Um, a third thing is that I would say, and it kind of might sound like it's contradictory, but planting is pastoring. A guy said this to me before we began. And, you know, when you, when you plant a church, you kind of think like you're like special forces pastor or something. Like you leave the pastoring to other people and you're just there to do something a bit unique and, and plant. And actually, when, you get, when the rubber hits the road and you start leading a church, um, people just have issues. And, you know, <laughs> my wife is on maternity leave. She is, like, seriously counseling girl after girl and helping them through the, the stuff. Um, I try not to do any of that if I can help it. Uh, we <laughs> I'm kidding. We do obviously get involved with that kind of thing. But we got people have issues. And so, which brings me to my fourth learning point, which is that to reconcile the desire to be evangelistic and the need to be an actual pastor just helping people grow in their faith and, and, and their, their knowledge of Christ, um, all of that is resolved the more you focus on the gospel. And so we've just found through just a very consistent sharing the gospel every single week and leading to communion every single week and being very, very sort of deliberate in focusing on the grace of God, people's lives are being transformed. People have been, like one girl came to us and would have said she grew up in a Christian home. She says, I actually think I wasn't a Christian until I came to your church. And it's just been hearing the gospel again and again and again. Her heart's been just, she's just opened up to what it really means. Um, my fifth thing, fifth learning point, learnings, um, is that uh, I would say who you plant with is probably more important than your gift as a leader. Maybe to some degree it's reflective of your gift, but um, just to give you an example, we, we started with, it was, wasn't by design. We had a guy who was a, a city lawyer, um, who's part of my core team, who helped get us registered as a charity, which is very time-consuming and detailed. Another guy who rates economies for a living is that he sorts out our budget and the finances. And if I'd tried to tackle either of those things, I'm not at all sure that I would, or, or our marriage would have survived this point because I'm a man of very limited capabilities and so um, it, who you plant with is, is really just as important, probably more important than your gift as a leader I would say and my wife, you know, I've just got to say what incredible help she is there's a song on the radio at the moment which is a bit rude but it talks about how I found myself a cheerleader, she's always right there when I need her, <laughs> that's my wife so um, number six, I'd say organic growth lasts longer, it's better you know, if you, um, I, this is just a personal conviction of mine. I think the best growth in church comes through word of mouth, partly because the people who bring people then look after those people when they come. And so there's something very sweet about a church just becoming self-replicating in that way. And you can try other methods of church growth, but I don't think that they lead to as much health as that. Number seven, I would say, this is really important, don't live or die by your last Sunday. Uh, we see massive fluctuations in who's coming. 
And like, especially, I think, because of our context and the fact that people often, out, you know, if it's a bank holiday weekend, everyone wants to leave London and they go out. So like, we're like thin on the ground. I've had Sundays where I've been leading worship and preaching in the same service. And I think Vickers is the only other guy I know who's ever attempted that. It's really not to be recommended. So if you live or die by your last Sunday, you'll be a very depressed person some weeks. And it's just really, really not helpful. So, you know, look at, look at what God's doing in the bigger picture and maybe just keep a track of the testimonies, the encouragements, the stuff which feeds your soul and says, God is really with us. Remember that stuff. Number eight, I would say, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, Greg. Um, your prayer life will grow when things are difficult. That's what I found anyway. And I see the flip side to that is that when things are going well, my prayer life seems to be drying up. And that, that's really bad. It's probably a reflection of what a weak man I am. But it's, it's really the challenges that drive you to your knees. And so as much as I don't really want to face another one, you know, it's amazing how God matures you through those things. I'd say number nine, just beware of the time sucks. You know, I think it's amazing in the book of Acts, you don't get very far before the apostles are like conscious that they're giving their time to all the wrong things. And in planting, it's exactly the same trend that you find. Like soon you're spending all your time looking for venues or um, trying to improve your website or stuff like that. And actually, you know, pretty soon you're not really being a pastor. Um, you know, not giving yourself to the word and prayer. And I just think the more you can give stuff away, the better and more healthy you are going to be as a leader. And my final lesson is that making comparisons is really dumb. And, um, you know, all our contexts are so different. Our gifts are different, and that's all right. And, uh, you know, I was just sharing with Brian and Donnie before I came here, like, there's something slightly nerve-wracking about coming to a conference like this, because you think, everyone's going to ask you, how's it going? And they have all these expectations, and, you know, you've got guys from, you know, contexts where it's just exploded in growth, and guys where you're, you know, seeing handfuls of people coming to know Jesus, and, you know, it's like, it's not the same for all of us, but making comparisons is really, really dumb. And God nailed me on this even, I mean, I feel like he keeps doing it, but he nailed me on this even last Sunday. We had Donnie with us preaching on Sunday morning. And there was this verse in the, in the passage he preached from where Jesus is talking about Pharisees. He said, they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And, you know, when we're doing this sort of, you know, looking at whose church is growing faster and all that business, that's just like glory hunting. And it, I think it's really repulsive to God. I think it's really wrong, and it's really unhealthy for your spiritual life and your, your, your mindset as a planter. There you go.